It is six minutes after eight o'clock here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. Mostly sunny skies outside. We're seeing a few of the Wausau Marathon runners uh, stepping off and heading down the street. Uh, Merle Kelch is not one of them, in fact. Well, uh, that's why I'm in town. I mean, you you may not know this, but I am a marathon diner eater in the city of Marathon. <laughs> I <laughs> yes, yes. Merle is here. He is not running the uh, Wausau Marathon today uh, because, of course, what else would we be doing on a Saturday besides well, making financial sense? Doing the things we love most. Indeed. And, uh, of course, the phone lines are open at uh, eight, or, excuse me, 715-845-2155. Almost forgot the, uh, the phone number to call in there for a minute. That's the sign that I need to go on vacation. Yes. Which is where I'm going to be for the next uh, week or so. You as well. So next week is going to be a best of show. That's right. And so, uh, you know. and uh, I can tell you it is the best because I've been putting it together myself this week. Well, then you know it's good. Indeed. He, again, he is Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense. Uh, Merle, one interesting thing I, I uh, saw this week. Uh, do you still subscribe to uh, Netflix DVDs by mail? Um, geez, I haven't done that in years and years and years. No. Well, well guess what? At the end of, uh, at the start of September, it's done completely. No kidding. Okay. It, it was called DV. I believe it was like D- they changed the name of it to DVD.com, and they're shutting down operations completely. If you still have an active Netflix uh, DVD by mail account, mm-hmm. you could get anywhere between one to 10 random discs in the mail because they're getting rid of their uh, stock. Interesting. You know, long, long ago, folks, we had a client who um, had a v- VHS store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was worried that the VHS store was going to go out of business. And I said, well, I'm not sure about that. I said, because you have DVDs coming up. He goes, but what about after that? I said, well, I'm not sure if we have the after that at this particular point in time. Right. So, of course, he made it through the, the VHS and then going to the, the use having the DVD movies and everything else. And and uh, pretty much as, as the online subscription started, he said, how about that was it is done. And so he got rid of it pretty much at the right time. Uh, of course, uh, Netflix, of course, most of us know that you can you buy online today. Um, but uh, he got out of it just before we started seeing the red boxes show up on the corners and stuff. Okay. And so he, he timed it about perfect. I would say so because uh, red box to me kind of seemed to be the be all end all. It was super easy, quick, mm-hmm. cheap, no need to set up an account, just a dollar right there on the debit card. I believe a dollar seven is what it used to be back when I would rent them uh, in the college days in Marshall, Minnesota, right there on the debit card. But now, yes, everything has gone streaming. And uh, for me, I, I don't know that uh, that I would go back completely. I, there's still certain shows and things that I collect and have on a DVD, Blu-ray disc. But the streaming has certainly become the ultimate convenience. Oh, sure. Uh, certainly has. Yes, certainly. yes. It's just one of those signs, one of those stories that I kind of saw this week. And I'm like, you know, it. it it's it's there's maybe something to learn in here for making financial sense, but if if not, well then uh, it's certainly something fun to talk about before the listeners call in. That's that it is. <laughs> Indeed, but yeah, uh, I I guess you know to to tie it back though, you've always got to be looking out and always have to be uh, adapting uh, because you never know when that strategy is going to change in the middle of in the middle of whatever it is, your retirement planning or in, in just yeah. in the middle of saving for retirement. You know, we, we talked about something, and, and this is actually something I'll look at. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in uh, that I like to look for opportunities with where people like a product and a service that they may enjoy. And so with uh, 
one of my uh, came in my office this past week. So they said, okay, so let's start looking for some stock. And we're doing some, you know, some work back and forth. And they said, here's what I want you to do. So um, Peter Lynch, who was the long-running manager for Magellan Funds uh, through Fidelity, uh, he used to say, what, he said, when I start looking for stock in that whole bit, I try to look for products and services that I like and enjoy. Because if I like and enjoy them someplace around the house, somebody else may uh, do so. So I, I challenged Kim to that, and she did a, one heck of a job, by the way. And she actually picked out a couple of stocks I would have never thought of by doing exactly, doing exactly that, going through the house and looking at stuff. Um, but if we look at what's happened with um, cable TV, and now we have fiber TV, such as you know the TDS and other types mm-hmm. of companies, we look through that. And you know people have said, well, geez, the cable TV is going too much up in price. It's going up. And so... You know, like others, people start searching around saying, well, where can I get less cable TV? Because I'm upwards $200 a month now for cable. I don't want to pay it anymore. So everybody looks for the cable TV, and somebody comes along and says, well, I can do it for 130 But then you end up buying all the subscription services on top of it, and you're still spending $200 a month. <laughs> right. You know, I look at the the subscriptions that I have, and, and basically I had to buy Disney because I'm a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that makes me some sort of a geek. I'm certain of that. Well, then I had to have the other ones because of something else, another one because of that. It was like, Jesus, I'm over $200 a month, and this is getting <laughs> crazy. But uh, we do use those services when we go camping so we can pop up a movie and that kind of stuff. Of course, then I have to have Internet on top of that so I can make it work while I'm camping. And it's <laughs> That's like, true, This is yes. getting crazy, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, and, and I found that the beautiful thing with streaming services is as soon as you're done with it, you can just cancel it right there, and there's no need to call customer service. There's no need to <laughs> haggle with somebody over the phone. It's a couple of taps, a couple of clicks, whatever yeah, it may yeah. be, and then you're done with it sure. at, at the end of your term. Well, and sometimes then you'll you maybe six months later get another email that says, we'd like you to come back for $1.99 a month, and oh, then- sure. Boom, there you go. You can yep. get something else as soon as you're done watching it. You cancel it. it, it it's pay as you go, which which is what appeals uh, to me. You know, TV, though, you know, you look at it in the old days, and folks, we're just bantering here waiting for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Um, but when I was a kid, I think about this. I think my parents had it right, especially my dad. You know, we had uh, two channels in Wausau, and if you were on a really good night and you had a young kid like me that hold on to the antenna and put one leg up, <laughs> have one arm flailing around, you might have been able to get channel 12 out of, out of uh, uh, Ryan Lander. Yep. Um, and he had a remote control. It was me. You know, that was, <laughs> so, I mean, no screaming, no monthly. You just, you just turn the TV on. Of course, right. you just had to have the TV on, which, of course, back in those days, which means you probably had one TV for sound and one that had a better picture, but the sound didn't work. I mean, so I had to have all those different competes, uh, pieces and components to it as we're Today we have all these big, you know, exotic, uh, gigantic systems that make this mm-hmm. go. So, yeah, um, it's it's an interesting thing to see how things have progressed and changed over the course of years. And in, indeed, and and uh, you know, on top of that, everything gets uh, you know so much easier. Investing, though, uh, not so much. You still gotta you still gotta be able to uh, to have somebody like Merle to know what you're doing while you're investing. You know, there's all these apps out there, Robinhood and and things like that 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 might be able to teach you a, a thing or two, but there's really no substitute for the experience that somebody like Merle you Kelch know, has. The, Again, I'm trying to tie this all back yeah, into the, making financial sense well, here. Well, you know, the, there's been some articles that are out there, folks. I don't want to share these. I don't have the articles sitting in front of me, but they're popping up. and they, You can see them in a number of places now. So I've heard about this for years and years and years. Um, in the financial services industry, um, there's a lot of companies that have come up with different 
and questionnaires and that whole bit, and they propose to tell you how you're supposed to invest based upon a questionnaire. I, I don't know exactly how you get there. It might get you into the uh, the ballpark, but it doesn't tell you what base to be on or what position to play. Um, and so now we hear a lot of this in our industry saying, well, now artificial intelligence or AI is going to get rid of all the financial professionals that are out there. And again, AI, I think, is going to be a tremendous tool. And again, I th- may think maybe it narrows down which ballpark you're going to be in. But it still doesn't come down to that that personal experience that you have when you're working with somebody who's been in this industry for a long time or is good at they've done or a good at it or a good study. Because there's some experiences that you just can't do with AI, in my opinion, uh, in that industry. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I've been in this industry for a really long time now. And, um, you know, 30 plus years of experience in this business, uh, we've, I can't say we've seen everything, but we've seen most. And mm-hmm. you can't, you can't substitute that. It doesn't exist uh, by a program. It doesn't and, exist. And, you know, when you, when you talk about uh, AI, and that's something I hadn't even uh, considered yet, as I've been reading uh, about AI and what it could mean for the news industry. Some people are saying that artificial intelligence might write the news one day. Well, I've got my doubts about that. That's another thing for another time, though. We're not talking about uh, news here on this show slash podcast. We're talking about investing. But uh, talking about AI and um, how that could impact your industry, I guess I hear that and I see, okay, this computer is going to try and time the market. And, of course, by that we mean getting off at just the right time. That, that's been happening for years already, computers trying to do Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and to to maximize your profits on a stock before the price or the value goes down or or a certain investment, I I was gonna say that if I would think if there was a way to do that, we would have it by now. And it, it's already happening. Um, there's so much computer trading that happens now, folks. So many people don't realize it, but there's things that they call curbs and computer trading that happen. And so there's a huge fluctuation that happens inside of the marketplace. Um, computers kicking curbs, which are simply curbing computer trading. Um, there are spreads inside of options between stock price and options prices that go back and forth, and there's always a certain spread between that. And, um, and without getting into how a spread and a straddle and all that sort of stuff work, um, there's always some sort of an arbitrage, and it might be um, a few cents or a few fractions of a penny back and forth where the efficiencies aren't there. And so what happens is computers are taking care of that stuff just in a snap and buying up and selling that stuff on an ongoing basis. And it happens ongoing with all of our stocks, all the stuff that happens. So it happens quickly. So are they saying, well, the computer isn't guessing whether or not XYZ company is going to be at $10 a share and is going to be in 15 next week. They're looking at saying, well, if the price is at $10.00013, and it should be at .00014. It buys it for that .02, buys a whole bunch of it, and then sells it in a few um, minutes later on. So they're buying those fractions of a cent, and they're buying enormously quickly. So if you see the market, and I don't know where it, it used to be at 250 points. If it went up, curbs go either up or down, and I now I think it's around 1,000 points that they do it. But all that stuff already exists in programming, um, and most people don't even know that that's the case. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? This is Jim. Morning, Jim. Morning, sir. Two things. One is... I want to buy IBM stock is trading around 180. Uh, when I place an order, should I name a price or just say market? Well, you know, Chip, it's, it's interesting. Um, let me give you two different parts of this. Um, I typically say if it's a stock that I want to own for three or five years or seven years because I would like the way it's run, I just buy the stock. 
Now, I have a client of mine. He's probably listening right now. So if you're listening, I'm going to pick on you. We're just going to call him Jay the Farmer. And uh, so when Jay buys a stock, he always buys, wants to buy it at a 5% or a discount or 10% below price because he thinks he's getting a deal, even though it's a stock he doesn't want to sell for a long time. So yeah, he put an order in uh, uh, earlier this year for Apple, thinking it was going to drop down, and, and uh, it's, it's never done it, be- never dropped because Apple went up some you know, 50% since then. So I'm a, a big fan, um, Jim, if it's a stock that you like. Uh, the profits are good. It hits whatever your, you know, your itch or trigger is what you want to do with a stock. If it's something you want to own, um, you know, I, I say buy the stock. You know, so, of course, what happens is you'll buy that and it'll go down 5% next week. But you're not buying it for this month or two months. You're buying it for years out if it's a good quality stock. Is there any time of the day that's better than a, another to buy stock? Boy, I can't tell you on that one. Um, there's see some trends that happen throughout the course of the day. For example, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were up 460 points in the morning and we dropped down to a loss by the end of the day. So sometimes in that, you can look at it and say, well, geez, you know, um, here's a better chance to do this. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to take care of it and sell it at that point or buy it at that point in time versus another. Um, it's all about, okay, here's what the price is. And can I save a few bucks one way or another? What's interesting. I was doing some uh, stock purchases uh, yesterday, Jim, and, and just to show you how quick things can turn, um, I hit a bat fingers. So I'm entering in, I'm trying to buy 180 shares for a client. And I go through and I hit the number and I go through and I look at all the confirmations. And here I bought 280 versus 180. So now that's okay. You can correct that sort of stuff. But if the stock goes up or down, and let's say it goes up and you have to redo the trade, guess who has to pay for the problem to fix it? That's called Merle. Merle has to fix that. And uh, fortunately, the stock price went down fractions of a cent. And so Merle didn't get charged anything, but guess what? Merle or the client didn't get a profit. So where did that go? You know, we never know. But, you know, things move so quick. Sometimes in a matter of minutes, the stock price jumps up or down so quick in there um, um, that, you know, maybe waiting from the morning to the afternoon is not going to matter much because it's going to buzz around so quick. Again, I always look at the quality of the stock. Do I want to own the stock for one, three, five years? And if it's five years from now, I don't worry about you know, saving uh, uh, half a percent one way or another on a stock. I just like to get the stock purchased and get it in the portfolio and going. As always, you give great answers. Thank you, sir. Well, Jim, thank you so much. Appreciate you listening. All right. Thanks for the call, Jim. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you have a question for Merle, uh, give us a call, and we'll be glad- happy to connect you on air next here on WSAU. 824 on this Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, some of the Wausau Marathon runners running by uh, our downtown studios again. Uh, wave at us if you're listening on air. I, I don't think any of them are listening to us in their earbuds right now. But. Uh, no, um, I'm looking at all these people showing off this morning and being up and <laughs> running. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that they're listening to us, but hey, if you are and you're running by the studio, go ahead and and, uh, right. and give us a wave. Uh, Merle, uh, I forgot to ask you, by the way, how was the reunion show with uh, with Tom King? You know, we had ago? a fun time, and of course, he had to give me a hard time about some stuff he we always had some fun with, and mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was good to see Tom, and uh, um, and I enjoyed it. So maybe another day we'll sneak him once in here. Maybe uh, once again, we'll, so. we'll, we'll see again. For those of you who know me, my vacation schedule oftentimes revolves around, uh, the sports schedules. 
Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what next year uh, ends up bringing. Of course, if you've got uh, questions for Merle, we're live in studio. Give us a call at 715-845-2155. Merle, I had a question for you this week uh, because I is, I, I'm is i lightly reading some things and, and getting ideas in my mind. I see that uh, mortgage rates could hit 8% is what some people are projecting this year and what that could mean for the economy. Uh, I certainly would not, I would think on the surface, would not be a good thing to see mortgage rates hit 8% this year. They're already peaking at uh, 7, 7.3%, depending on which number you look at, uh, which is some of the highest that we've seen in 20 years. So I imagine going even further than this uh, would not be good for the economy. You know, um, first of all, I have to say uh, to everybody out there, Mike, yourself, I'm, I'm really proud of you because Mike popped up with an article. It comes out of marketwatch.com, and I'll cite it here so we have that out. So the title is Mortgage Rates Could Hate 8%, eight economists say, citing a worrying sign not seen since the Great Recession, of course, from 2008. And it's an article by Athari Swamathan. That's what I went that's with. That's the best I would have got. Yeah, that's Thanks. what I went with when I looked yeah. at it. So, so in here... Um, they're talking about if interest rates go up to 8%, what's the effect going to be on side of the economy and that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and as far as housing rates and that whole bit. And so in this article, let me touch upon a few things on the inside. But the part that's the most interesting to me is what's called a spread or basis points between the 10-year and a 30-year. Um, the 10-year treasury and a 30-year, of course, and that's the 10-year, then 30-year mortgages. So the spread on it is 3% or 300 basis points right now. That spread is usually about 1.75. So that tells us that the mortgage rate or the mortgage industry is either thinking that the short-term rates are going to come up or the long-term rates are going to come down or vice versa. But the market's saying what's going on in there. And, and so could we hit 8% on mortgage rates? I think the answer is yes, and we probably will because I don't think we're done with interest rates going up. Mm-hmm. I think we got another quarter of a point is my guess. Um, but then interest rates will come back again. So I would not be, if I was buying a house, I would not be interested in buying a 30-year mortgage at this point in time because those rates are probably going to come down if I had to take the Merle Kelt sniff test, for lack of a better term. I, I think probably in the next year we'll see interest rates start coming back down again to start fueling the economy a little bit. So, so with that, I find it's interesting that that spread is there. But now let's look at a few things. Um, this is way before you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But I can remember my first home purchase, I had paid 11% interest on my mortgage. Uh, the peak was in 1981, and this is per this article. Uh, the peak was in 1981 where the 30-year mortgage was at 18%. Wow. Again, inflation was at 103 at that point in time. So we look at it, and you know what? We all made it through because what happened? Well, as soon as interest rates started coming back down, we refinanced our house at lower interest rates relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. But we were paying a lot of interest. The reason is is at that point in time, the world, the population is growing. Um, We had to have houses. I mean, we'd have houses for our kids. I was one, too. It was like, hey, geez, I got a family. Uh, The apartment's not quite big anymore. You had to look for a house or whatever it was. But the effect that did happen at that point in time is if you're trying to sell your house. Um, because there weren't people out there buying unless they were specifically having to look for something, and we saw their house prices come down. So there's a dual fold then, coming back to the original part of this question in this article, is what happens if mortgage rates go up to 8%? Well, we'll probably see housing prices start dipping. And we're seeing evidence of this in a number of different places now. You're seeing housing prices starting to dip. Well, there's a benefit to that because real estate is a huge driver of inflation. 
So is this by design? You bet it was. I'm sorry. We're in Wisconsin. You betcha. Sorry. <laughs> right. I, Charlie Barron's over recently. Charlie Barron's would be proud. <laughs> there yes. You go. There you go. Um, but you know, so by design, the Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates to slow down, slow the economy down. And so what we see the eight percent again, my opinion, I think we're going to. We'll probably see a core of a point. In fact, one of the reasons we saw so much turbulence in the marketplace over the course of the past few weeks is that the notes came out from the Federal Reserve saying, "Yeah, we don't think we're done with interest rates yet." They're still looking for inflation to come down. We're at three point two much better than the 9% we saw a year ago, but we're still not at the 2%, which is the target we're trying to get down to. So we'll see interest rates go up. But as we go up, we'll see a couple of things happen. We should see um, fuel prices drop down. That'll drop inflation. We saw that happen up a little bit now. We'll see it inside of inflation numbers coming up. But the housing prices have continued to keep jumping up. Um, And that's going to solve itself in a couple of different places. One, we'll see those inflation or interest rates go up. Um, real estate prices will probably drop down because we're just not going to see the secondary houses selling. New houses seem to be doing pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but now we see those that had variable interest rates are going to have to redo to the new higher interest numbers. And a lot of projections are looking at people having a $1,000 per month increase in their mortgage payment. Yeah, that's on something. On top of student loans coming up yeah. in a couple of months. That is something that will be difficult for them to uh, eat up and also, you know, ends up going, uh, ends up cutting into spending elsewhere so the uh, in the economy. Absolutely. So the projections are is because of um, uh, the interest rates going up and, of course, in mortgages and variable mortgages going up, student loans um, will probably see the economy slow down considerably in this last part of the year. Now, I don't know if we go into a full-blown recession, and I'm not saying that. But if we see it slow down, we could see the real estate prices come down. We could see inflation come down all quite a bit. The economy slows, again, hence interest rates from the Fed dropping back down. So I think if you have a 8% mortgage for 30 years, um, you're not going to have it for long because I think those prices come down. So if I look at the spreads being 300% between a 10-year and a 30, I think it's predicting that the long-term interest rates are going to come back down to nearer where we are in the 10-year. That's the Merle Kilt sniff test. And and that uh, would be good news for a lot of people, especially those that are, are kind of shut out of the market right now because yeah. of the high prices and the high interest rates or sure. people that, I guess you could say, have just stopped looking for homes because they say we're going to eat the rent for another three or four months and see if something yeah. changes by next year. Well, what's interesting in the real estate market from friends that are out there as well as articles, there's kind of this odd thing happening in the real estate market. New housing starts up in July. I mean, mm-hmm. they were up nicely. Um, we still need houses because of scrappage, you know, population gain, um, people having families, having houses. They ne- we need houses. So we need places in which to live. The new housings are doing pretty well, but the old houses, people aren't selling them like they used to. And you think about it, if you have a mortgage at 3%, why would you give it up and get one at eight? Exactly. We'll stay in this house for a little while longer. Is exactly. The, the time that we're hearing for a long time. And so um, um, it's interesting. So new housing starts still doing pretty good. Um, uh, I don't, they'll probably slow to be my guess, but uh, people aren't selling the old ones right now. And so people are looking around for a place to live, you know, mm-hmm. um, we had some new neighbors move in next to us and, uh, they said it took them almost a year to find a house, and whatever they did is whatever the selling price was, they added 30000 to it for their top bid, and they finally got one after almost a year um, uh, as our neighbor. So, 
I I just simply can't imagine that. Yeah. Going I what for me it's like it's practicality. It's going into the store and saying, "Okay, the price on that gallon of milk is $3.47. Yeah. I'm going to give you $10 for it." <laughs> I absolutely just in my mind cannot fathom that, which is why I'm glad I got my house when I did and like you said, yeah. I'm not giving it up for a while. I'm uh, inherently cheap, folks. Um and now I have a bunch of friends that are listening to the show that are giggling right now, <laughs> I assure you. Um, I tell them I'm thrifty, and they still giggle even harder at me. But, you know, I could look at, uh, you know, let's say we take a house. Um, and I've seen this so many times. You you look at the house, and they want $900,000 for it. And I look at it, and I think, Jesus, why? And then you look on Zillow and found out that whoever bought the house four years ago paid 400 for it, and now they think it's 900 <laughs> just because they asked for it. And I look at this and go, Jesus, this is just getting crazy. You know, so um, it's it's interesting. But the mortgage rate's going up. We'll probably see it. He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. We'll be back with more after the news. It is 8.38 on this Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well as we are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. And we head on over to the phone lines at 715-845-2155. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Hello. Good morning. Going once, going, and uh, we'll hope that they call back at 715-845-2155. Uh, as we are talking with Merle here on this uh, on this Saturday morning, Merle, uh, talking about uh, the housing market and and things like that. You know, you and I were just kind of uh, reminiscing a bit about uh, stories of people in their first mortgage. People would love to see mortgage rates at eight uh, percent, especially as you had said back in the day. Your first one was at what about eleven? Eleven six, I think it was exactly. Yeah, eleven six. Yeah, eight yeah. percent uh, certainly sounds great, but but for a lot of people these days, of course, uh, you've heard some people have come into your office uh, even saying, "You know what? We're going to wait for it to get back down to three Oh, again. I've had it happen. Um, I'm sure you've had. We're it We're not going to buy a house. We're going to wait till mortgage rates come to three. I said, it's never going to happen in your lifetime. And I hope that I'm wrong and they find it again at 3%. Why wouldn't they? But the, the odds are enormously low. So there's an article out here by Carrie Mariner. It says, what recession? Labor market is sizzling in these states. And I just have to stop because we were talking about an article that Mike and I both read. Mm-hmm. And there was an economist that was in there and said, but if we have a job-cutting recession, and I had a lot of explicatives because they're all job cutting recessions as as i say it's from the department of redundancy (laughs) department exactly but you know what's happening right now folks is is in fact gdp is what's called the gross domestic product it's since called think about it as the sales of everything in a whole country Mm -hmm. and with the sales of everything inside of the country the first measure of a recession is you have typically two quarters of negative gdp where we didn't grow that gross domestic product didn't grow. We actually had two negatives. And we had one of those last year, but it wasn't the right thing. It wasn't a recession. It was more numbers with imports and exports that caused that. So nobody really thought that we had an, uh, a recession last year, though some of the news media hyped onto it. Um, but usually if you have a recession, in fact, GDP, by the way, folks, is projected to be as much as 5% for the third quarter of 2023, we're seeing estimates as. And if that's the case, that's by no measure a recession. In fact, that's a pretty good gain and boon. God mm-hmm. bless all of us out there still spending all of our money. Right. You go America, you know. 
But what's interesting is we look at this, and, and we see states, for example, New Hampshire at a 1.7% uh, unemployment rate, which is just unheard of. There, there's nobody being laid off. And the national low rate now for unemployment is at 3.5%. Um, you know, there's only 14 states, including Puerto Rico and D.C., that are above that 3.5% uh, number. So we're, we're just not in a recession by any measure at this point in time, though I have to say from where we were from a year ago, our economy certainly has slowed down. We're not ramping up as much as we used to. And I've said it before and to others, you know, my opinion is, is that, you know, if we use GDP as our, our line or as our trend, um, obviously during a pandemic, we shut everything off. And so our GDP just went below. Mm -hmm. um, but I think our business and everything will ramp way up again. And then we're coming back to a norm. And that coming back to a norm is going to be a slowdown. But I don't think it's a recession at this point. And, and uh, you know, we've said before, maybe we have that fabled soft landing if it ever occurs, which simply means we have an economy slowed down without a recession on unemployment. We'll see. We'll know in the next six months better right. than we are today, and we're better today than where we were six months ago as far as our vision, knowing where the economy is going to go. But at this point in time, I'm not betting on a slowdown in the world. In fact, in our offices, we've been buying pretty heavily over the course of the last week and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, as as some would say, when you're uh, when you're looking at something, it's never really as good as it is when you're on top. It's never really as bad when you're kind of on the low point. Mm -hmm. the The consistency is somewhere in the middle, and that's what we're looking for right now. Is the consistency, which who knows if we're at right now? Yeah, you always want to pull up the knee jerk reactions, and that's the the biggest thing I think the media makes us do sometimes. It makes us want to do knee-jerk reactions. We can't do that. You have to look at it and say, okay, where are we actually going versus the article that I just read today or what I heard on the news last night. Mm -hmm. um, that's the biggest thing from an investment standpoint I recommend to everybody. Um, usually the knee-jerk reaction is the wrong one. Um, and then stop back and just sit back for a second, count to 10, as they say, and then move forward. Or put yourself in a timeout. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. One one of my favorite things uh, to do with Merle, by the way, is to hear that the market is down 400 points and send him a text message immediately in all capital letters that says, <laughs> oh, my goodness, the market is down 400 points. We are falling. The sky is falling. I am pulling all of my money out of the market right now. Yeah. And I, and I told you, just, you know, get some popcorn and go see Barbie. <laughs> and it'll, uh, it'll make it all better. Exactly. So, by the way, new baby search name. Barbie, it's it's popping out all over the place. Really? Yeah, article in here that talks about that. Now, now wait a minute. Did you see this on your own free will, or were you forced to go see it by somebody else? Oh, I haven't seen the movie. You haven't seen the it movie. It just popped up on an article that oh, the okay. new name Barbies are popping up for kids. Okay, all right. I will we'll go with it. We'll go <laughs> with we it. Go. I don't know that it would be my first choice, but uh, but then again, I uh, I don't have kids, so what do I know? 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. We'd love to uh, get you on the air and connect uh, connect with you on this Saturday morning because a reminder, both Merle and I are going to be on vacation next week, so it will be best of making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. And I can once again assure you that it is indeed best of because I have put it together myself. Perfect. That's going to make it the best ever. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's an article that's out there, and I thought it was interesting. So Palo Alto Networks, um, which is a company that does a lot of um, work in the uh, network business, 
uh, they do a lot of security stuff and uh, developing security systems for networks. People coming in, they do work for a lot of large companies and enormously good at it. So Wallace Bukowski is the uh, article uh, author, and it says Outlook Top, I'm sorry, Palo Alto Network's earnings, Outlook Top Street Expectations as the SEC Cyber Attack Reporting Rule Drives Demand. So in here, the reason I talk about it is we have a whole slew of earnings that are coming out over the course of the next couple of weeks inside of the AI, as well as the now calling it the Magnificent Seven, which are cool stocks, but it was a great movie if you remember that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen it in years, but I, I might have to now. Um, but in here, they just topped earning expectations um, inside of it. Now, again, we're not telling you to run out and buy that company, and that's not my point here, folks. My point is, is that uh, their earnings beat what the market expectations were. And part of that is that they're talking about simply um, you know, uh, using AI-driven security systems, um, again, using artificial intelligence to help with um, uh, uh, cyber attacks. And now with having to report where the cyber attacks are, they're using AI to drive that. And again, why are we saying that? Because one of the companies that are coming out next week, of course, Microsoft is using AI. Uh, NVIDIA is coming out with AI. AMD, I don't know if they report or they've already reported. I'm going from memory here, folks. Um, but this using the artificial intelligence is, is driving a lot of stuff on the Internet right now. And we're going to be able to find out whether or not it is still going forward as a profit center um, or if it was just hype. A lot of the growth that we've had throughout the course of the summer has been because of companies related to AI. Anything AI seemed to have gone up. Uh, but eventually, um, if it goes up, the price has to be able, I'm sorry, the profits have to be able to match the price or it comes back again. Um, and I think this next week and a half or two weeks is going to be pretty important. And here we have um, uh, Palo Alto actually beat the mark or the ex mark in the expectations which they have. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens over the course of the next few weeks. And, of course, all this is materializing in a period of, what, six months or so, seven months with uh, the AI? What What is interesting to me is this is sort of like the rock star, you know? Mm -hmm. Boy, all of a sudden this rock star just came out of nowhere, even though he's been working at his craft for 15 years. And he also had a 15-year instant success. Folks, AI has been around for a long time. It's just that now they've finally come to some stuff that say this is getting really good, and we're just at the beginning um, of the exponential growth that AI is going to have in doing things. Um, the difference, I mean, AI has been around for a long time, and, mm -hmm. and we've said on this program, and if you play video games, if you've ever played a video game, or even if you've ever talked to your phone, that's all artificial intelligence. It's a computer programming, recognizing a response that you have, and then trying to come back with a response. The difference in here is, you know, if we talk to our phone and say, you know, uh, you know, hey, Bobby, I'm not going to use the name because otherwise my phone and everybody else's on the radio <laughs> is going to go off. Right. But you look at your phone and say, you know, hey, Bobby, text Jimmy. Um, uh, it's all artificial intelligence, but it's only having a response that you give it. What's been happening over the course of the last year or so is now you tell your phone something um, and it's giving you a number of choices that the phone thought of or the computer thought of without just having a canned response that we had had. So artificial intelligence, you tell your computer, I'm looking for this, and it goes into the Internet, searches for all the different mm -hmm. places of what you want, and then gives you the choices coming back to you where the computer thought of it, and that's the generative part of it. And that's what's changing everything. And the computer models and the programming are getting so good that now you have companies that are actually using AI to create computers that make AI faster. And the exponential growth on it is just going to be absolutely enormous and scary exactly. at the same time. So 
we'll see how that goes. Um, hang on to your hats. Indeed. Remember, the Internet goes back to the 1980s when the military was using it, and then the military said, okay, we maybe have used up our usefulness on this, and they handed it over to private companies and the government, and all of a sudden then it became what it is today in the 90s. Sure, sure. And even more than that. Look at the explosion of growth of that. Yeah. I remember at one point in time, folks, just with the Internet when it first started, I bought an Internet phone book that had all the websites in the world in this book. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that that lasted one year, never happened again. So, <laughs> I wish I would have had the book. It's pretty interesting. Indeed, in the uh, the amount of data that is transmitted on the internet now in an hour, you know, ex- far exceeds what was transmitted on the internet in the '90s in a one year period. Of course, with the advent of streaming and high definition streaming and everything, that obviously involves oh. a lot of data. Yeah, th- those numbers. If you wanna you wanna see something explode, go ahead and look at those numbers yeah. someday. Yeah. He is Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. We'll be back to wrap the show up after this, but first, here's Chris Conley with this day. About 88 today, 88 tomorrow, and then back into the 90s next week. Are you looking forward to it, Merle? Um, I'll be in air conditioning. I will yeah. be as well. I, uh, uh, me and Heat don't get well get along well. Uh, folks, you know what happens? You put bacon in a pan and it starts melting. Uh-huh. I'm bacon. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> delicious. Stop looking like you're gonna eat me. Okay, <laughs> article by Jack Denton that's out there, and I put this out there, and I'm gonna read this uh, title of the article facetiously because sometimes you look at it and you think, "What are, what are people thinking?" And there's all kinds of expletives you put in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. It says Bitcoin's fall is a bad sign. It may point to more pain for the S&P and the Nasdaq. Okay. Oh, folks, remember, Bitcoin is a computer program. There's no real assets to it. Granted, the NASDAQ is down some 6 or 7% throughout the course of the month, depending upon where you are. Remember, NASDAQ, of course, has got all the high-tech stuff in it, and that stuff is down a bit. Of course, you know, there's a lot of companies that are up there that are up tremendously, so 7% down still is a really good year left over. But, you know, Bitcoin was down 7% overnight. Mm-hmm. And for no real reason, because there's no assets to it. And so um, we look at this, and I keep trying to tell people, I'm not telling you not to invest inside of crypto, but know that it's nothing. It's nothing more than a computer program. Um, and as a result of that, it's going to be volatile all over the place, and you only put enough money you can um, put into a casino slot machine and not be mad that you lost it, because guess what? The slot machine at least gives you better odds of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that eventually you're going to lose your money if you keep playing the game. Crypto at least gives, or it seems to keep people, or give people the sense that it's actually something, and it's not. It's a computer program. There's no asset. There's nothing behind it. It's just somebody else's ability or willingness to give you money either up or down based upon somebody else. That's it. There's nothing hard. It's not a stock. There's no ownership. There's not even a company called crypto. It's just a currency and a computer program. All right, I'm done now. And then, the, and then, of course, there's you know crypto.com, which is the online cryptocurrency marketplace, and that's not even that's real. That's just a marketplace. That's a marketplace of computer programs. <laughs> it's nothing. I'm, you know, I'm picking on my son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Good kid. He says, "Should I invest inside of you know uh, Bitcoin?" I said, "Can you tell me what their address is?" No. <laughs> what do they make? Well, look how much it goes up. No, no, that's not what I said. What do they make? What do, what they, do they make? Yeah. Nothing. I said, okay, 
They have no address. There's no customer service. There's no 1-800 number. There's you know, no product they create, uh, okay. no service that they do. Sounds like it's a great idea to invest in this. <laughs> All right, so there's the Myrtle Kelch opinion for the day. The Yeah, uh, it, it, I, I like what you said in there, though. And, and again, it, it's something that we've come back to a couple of times on this show here in the last eight months or so that we've been doing this uh, since Tom King uh, took his retirement. It, it, for me, it's like sports betting. Put in what you're willing to lose. If you make something on it, great. If not, well, you had a good time putting money on, uh, putting, as I say, putting your money where your fandom is because I'm going to put money on the Jaguars to win everything, of course, because what kind of a fan would I be if I didn't think that? If you're betting a, a not smart one. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've made money on the uh, Jaguars winning a division title once in my life, and uh, we'll we'll see if I end up uh, uh, doing it again. He is Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU online at WSAU dot com as well. Uh, Merle, if we've uh, piqued somebody's interest today with our banter here on the program, and uh, people would like to get a hold of you. At your office here in Wausau, how do they do that? Folks, as always, you can stop in and kick the tires on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. And for all of you that stopped in on Thursday, thank you. You made my life a lot of fun running back and forth in the office. It was like exercise. I got all my steps in on my iPhone. Anyway, mm-hmm. I stop in to visit us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. Come on in, kick the tires, have a cup of coffee, say hello and hi. You give us a call locally, 715-849-3600 or outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or you can always find us online at kelchinassociates.com. Again, next week is going to be a best of making financial sense. Both Merle and I are going to be on vacation. Uh, so we will return live in two weeks. So hang on to your questions until then. And uh, Merle and I will uh, appear refreshed, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, for me as much as I can at uh, 8 in the morning. And we will have an even better show because we will both be refreshed from vacation. There we go. Indeed. He's Merle Kelch. We've been making financial sense on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Reminder of our schedule today here on WSAU. We do have a a special uh, schedule today because both the Brewers and the Packers are on at similar times. Milwaukee Brewers baseball today moves over to 93.9 the game, and that is going to be a 2.30 pregame show. Green Bay Packers football, a 7, or excuse me, a 5 p.m. pregame show 7 o'clock kickoff from Lambeau as they take on the New England Patriots. That game is going to be right here on WSAU. News headlines coming up next.